of the speak up series with miss priyal kemi she is a chartered accountant a social entrepreneur an international athlete and she is currently the deputy secretary general with united nations youth india united nations youth india and mckinsey next generation women leaders of uh, 2020 and she has also founded the play and shine foundation which is a sports based ngo and she has been a rifle shooter since 2008 and she has represented india in um, at around 12 international tournaments including the world university games and the world championships and she has won 117 medals and has broken three national records and she has also uh, received the shiv chhatrapati award which is the highest uh, award in sports in the state of maharashtra so hi priyal uh welcome to our series and uh, first just tell us how were you able to achieve so much and how like what inspired you how did you do it so hi vaishnavi and thank you for having me here today for this uh, wonderful session that you organized with girl up and uh, that was a brilliant introduction actually it's uh, better than most of the elevator pitches that i have drafted for myself so thank you for that i really feel uh, elated so coming to your question uh, on uh, you know how i really managed to achieve so much uh, if i uh, really take you 10 years uh, back in time uh, and uh, talk about myself as a school girl i was a big introvert and uh, like if i could you know go back and tell the 15 year old me that you know 10 years down the line i'm going to be an international athlete i'm going to be working one of the top consulting firms in the world i'm going to be a chartered accountant and then i'm going to run my own social organization that has more than 350 volunteers under it i would uh, outright deny that so it's been a roller coaster of a journey and uh, i think the turning point uh, in my life is when i started shooting because uh, that is a game uh, that is a sport that really pushed me out of my comfort zone and i think that was the turning point because once i was out of my comfort zone and i really started challenging myself that you know this is not enough i can achieve more i can push myself more i think that became a habit and from a habit it became more of an addiction and even today though my friends tell me that you know you've achieved so much i still feel there's so much more i can do and there's nothing stopping me so uh, i think it's just the fact that you know i keep pushing myself i keep challenging myself and i'm crazily passionate about achieving so many things at one time i think that is what keeps me going okay so what was your first achievement and how were you you know like how did that give you a push so like it could be anything not just shooting but did that uh, achievement have any uh, importance in your life so i think that's a very funny story now that uh, you like dotted up my first achievement i'll share it with you so uh, my first medal in shooting was when i was in the 8th grade and like mm-hmm. i told you i was a very uh, introvert girl and uh, there was this lack of self confidence or self belief that i had that you know i can really achieve something so even when i started shooting i did it because uh, i wanted to you know try and see how guns work and i was kind of you know hooked about the fact that you know i i can fire live bullets so i went on the shooting range i did training for a few months and then i you know played my first competition 
but uh, after my first competition i didn't perform as well uh, in the match as i used to in training so i literally put it uh, at the back of my mind i came home and i was back to school and there was homework and projects and after 3 months my mom got a call saying that you know today is the deadline to fill the form for the state championships and that's when uh, she was like uh, state championships what has my daughter got to do with that and that's when they told her that the district level uh, starting match that i had played 3 months back i had won a bronze medal in it and mm-hmm. i had qualified for the states and i was in school and i was least aware about any of this and she mm-hmm. went she filled the form and when i came home i actually found out i had a medal so it's it's really funny like my very first medal and i didn't know about it for 3 months in fact i didn't even attend the prize distribution ceremony so it's a very funny story now that me and mom even think about it we find it so funny that like mm-hmm. it didn't come to her mind it didn't come to my mind we just played the match and didn't even check the scoreboard rankings and we just <laughs> forgot to go on about it for the next 3 months so yeah that's my first achievement wow okay so like uh, was that a shock to you when you heard it oh my god like did i win the bronze medal and i'm getting to play the state championships or were you like okay fine state championships so let's just play and let's just see what happens yeah so uh, at that point of time since that was my first 3 months in shooting the only thing that i had in mind was you know just uh, keep uh, trying your best and uh, every new match do better than what you did in the last match and that was one thing i was very hard working uh, right from my childhood and that is one thing i kept my efforts persistent uh, and uh, i kept hard working i was disciplined so i had my training going on so after i had the medal in the district i shot the states then i got a medal in the state championship i qualified for nationals and within 6 months it was state to national national to you know getting shortlisted for the commonwealth youth games and even before it could register i was in hyderabad at the commonwealth youth games camp and there was so much going on and i was in the 9th grade at the time so even uh, you know 10th standard academics were catching up so there was so much going on it was just not registering that okay this is actually happening i am on the brink of representing india so it it took some time to sink in but then when i went to hyderabad there was a coaching camp there i met people from all across the country and i really liked that you know interacting with people from different parts of the country training we we met the indian badminton team over there and it it was a very different exposure that i got and that's when i realized that you know okay this is what i want to do with a much serious serious approach so when i came back i spoke to my parents about it especially my mom and i told her that you know even if 10th grade is coming up or 3 years down the line 12th grade is coming up shooting is something that i want to continue with and uh, thankfully they were both very supportive about it and yeah that is, there was no looking back after that day great great wow so so in our country only 29% of women play sports so how do we beat the stigma around the fact that you know women are not fit to play sports and uh, what do you think are the reasons of why this is still persistent in our society the stigma yeah i totally agree with you a lot of uh, women have uh, you know they've just drawn these limitations for themselves by what other people say or what uh, society says or you know they just scared about the fact that probably they will not uh, get that much support or you know the the fa- the fear of failure that you know what if this doesn't work out how will i be answerable then but you know that that really that really needs to be addressed because uh, this is not only prevalent uh, across any particular geographical domain or any particular community it's across the country as a whole like at a grassroots level so many girls are uh, literally forced to you know uh, come out of sports or give up sports once they hit puberty because there's so much of taboo taboo around menstruation and they feel that you know once a girl hits a period especially if she's in a sport like gymnastics or swimming it's 
almost impossible you know uh, to you know convince the family to let her continue that's one issue that we you know even uh, faced when we uh, work with those kind of uh, parents and children when with the play and shine foundation so you know that's one issue that really needs to be addressed and even uh, when you talk about cities and you know cities like mumbai and delhi there is so much that you know it will affect your career it will affect your academics so that uh, really needs to be addressed because in india uh, people have not yet uh, you know understood the fact that you know you can build a career in sports or academics and sports go hand in hand or you know mm-hmm. the opportunities in sports and more than that uh, women really need to come out and stand for themselves that you know if i want to do this if i'm passionate about it i'm going to do it and the people especially around someone doing that or you know some women taking up sport need to be really supportive you know constructive criticism is good like my friends also support me but at the same time they are the best critics critics i have in my life so i think you know that is equally important but uh, with respect to the entire support system that a woman has that really needs to change in india with the mentality of the people changing yeah actually true i mean being involved in sports makes you a better person like you're more focused so that i think would reflect in your academics as well so uh, and also uh, what did you have to say on the fact that you know um, there aren't many women coaches in the field as well so that also affects a lot of these um, kids young kids and young girls who want to pursue sports because they're kind of not comfortable around these people so how do you think that can change or do you think that can change in the coming years or uh, what how, what do you think about that i mean this is a very uh, well brought up topic i mean that is something that uh, is so uh, prevalent in india we don't have women coaches women judges there's it's, it's become such a male dominated field and that really needs to break that uh, we really need to come out and break this uh, this whole uh, concept that has been built that you know uh, men are going to dominate this so men are going to be the referees or the umpires you know more women need to really come out and show that even we can do equally good like gender shouldn't be stopping us and there are uh, organizations that have really been working towards it like a lot of sports bodies like top notch sports bodies across india have realized that you know gender equality is equally important uh, if you really want to progress and match up with other international level organizations across the world so they've been realizing that their governing bodies don't have equal female representation they have been starting to work on it like as far as shooting is concerned also international sports federation they decided that you know uh, equality starts on the range it starts on the field so now uh, they have made the number of shots and the match duration same for men and women and that actually came as a pleasant surprise because after uh, earlier the men had more uh, had a longer match uh, duration and more number of shots to fire but when the women were also made to fire those number of shots for that duration it actually happened that uh, when you compared the scores the women outdid the men so you know uh, more initiatives like this need more measures like these need to be taken by sports organizations and more women need to really come out and take up the challenge so you know if something really happens and other people are taking uh, steps uh, women also really need to challenge themselves they should not hold themselves back or restrict themselves they should really you know come out and prove themselves and push themselves so that's really important right right so have you faced any situation wherein you know somebody told you oh you're a girl and you play sports that'll make you very masculine or you know you'll be very dominating so uh, how did you tackle with that situation it's, it's happened more often than i would like it so uh, especially given the fact that uh, i am into rifle shooting and i deal with guns and ammunition all day a lot of people 
uh, have a, a whole set of curious questions to ask. I wouldn't say weird. They are just curious that you know you're a girl. Uh, how do you pick up a six and a half kg rifle for three hours and you shoot? And doesn't the gunpowder smell affect you? And you train in the scorching heat. What if your skin is affected? What if you get a tan and this and that? And that that are this whole whole set of questions that I have to answer. And like earlier, they I really used to uh, find it weird, but now I actually laugh it off because. You know that is it. It kind of uh, gives you a deep dive, you know, of how people really still look at sports. So yeah, I've had a lot of these questions because uh, being a rifle shooter, like I have to hold a six and a half kg rifle and a five. I have to wear a five kg kit, and that happens for a duration of three and a half hours during the match. So you know, it really requires a good uh, musculature when you have to train. So there's a lot of uh, like rigorous training, running. So you know, sometimes I get questions with respect to that also. That you know, how do you uh, manage that and what if you you get like a manly built and the the whole set of questions that I've faced but then I, I happily answer it and I, I'm glad to in fact answer such questions because only when you address such issues will people having such kind of inhibitions in their mind be able to you know uh, get an answer right right so were there any points where you were like oh my god i can't continue with this i would like to quit and you know obviously it's a very hectic schedule i mean as a teenager as well you have to manage a lot of things so uh, were there any moments where you felt like i i can't continue and how did you like keep yourself motivated throughout so uh, that's a very surprising thing. There were several moments where I felt that, you know, this is getting impossible. This is so tough to manage. How am I going to pull this off? But not once, uh, it's been 12 years that I've been shooting now, not once the thought of, you know, quitting or giving up uh, come to my mind. In fact, uh, last year I took like a year long break uh, to complete my uh, CA final. And uh, that's when uh, I had this entire uh, uncertainty of, you know, how am I going to come back in the sport? And it's, it's so tough after one year to pick up a rifle and deliver the same performance because one once you are in the sport, you've you've set a certain performance level for yourself. You have certain benchmarks, and as a player, you do not want to you know uh, fall beneath that or you know deliver anything less. So there was uh, so much of uncertainty, and uh, there was a lot of uh, uh, confusion I have in this in my mind. How was I going to do it? But not once did I uh, did come to my mind that okay, now I'm a qualified CA or I've landed a good job or maybe I should move on and find something else. I knew this much that you know I have to make a comeback. I have to just figure out how it's happening. So quitting or giving up never came to my mind. Uh, of course, there were days where I felt it's you know impossible to manage both because mm -hmm. there's so much going around. There is academics catching up. There is work and then there is shooting. But uh, yeah, quitting was never an option. Wow, and you also had Play and Shine Foundation. So, how do you manage? Like, how does Priyal Kenny's day look like? So, what's your schedule? So uh, my day is it's it's crazy. Uh, I think that's something even my parents are trying to trying to you know figure out. Though we stay in the same house, I uh, any given day it's it's an 18 to 19 hour uh, day. And uh, like now, of course, given COVID, a lot has changed. Otherwise, pre-COVID, generally uh, my schedule used to be like I wake up in the morning. So I'm not really a morning person. Let me get that straight. So I'm not someone who'd wake up at four or five in the morning and you know. Um, go for a workout or something. Generally, I prefer training in the morning though. So I used to wake up around 6, 6.30. I used to go for training around 7. I used to train around till 9.30, 10. And then I used to head to work. Once I'm back from work around 7.38 in the evening, I used to go for a run. And then I'm home uh, from a run. I used to just fresh up, have dinner. And then 10 o'clock, I, you know, get to do the other, you know, 
set, get down and start doing the other things. So of course, every day there used to be a lot of tasks on my uh, to-do list. So one thing I very sincerely do do is I journalize everything. So whatever needs to be done by the month end, be it you know study a particular subject or write a particular exam or do any uh, work with respect to play and shine or UN or anything. Everything is structured into you know weekly targets. So I know I have to come home and do this today. So once I start working around ten or I start start studying around ten, that goes on till about one two in the morning. and then i i go to bed so that is how my schedule ideally is and now given the whole covid situation i'm at home it it's actually become uh, even more uh, even more tough because now i'm i'm literally glued to my table or my laptop screen all day because you know you're available around the clock so at any point of time an email comes in or someone just calls hey can you look into this hey can you follow up so yeah it's it's, it's got crazier but uh, i'm not complaining <laughs> okay okay so yeah like being an athlete in india is a very challenging uh, job like you know how have your friends and family supported you and uh, what were the challenges they faced and you faced like together yeah uh, so i'm very grateful for one thing that uh, i really got uh, good support from my family and immediate friends so of course uh, there were a handful of people uh, from whom i had to face some flack and there was some criticism coming in but the majority of people like my parents and my friends right from school they were really supportive so nobody from my uh, family also has a solid sports background and nobody from my immediate friend circle is also into sports they are sports buffs they watch football cricket they follow all these things but nobody is into hardcore sports but still they are very supportive and every time we catch up they you know they're so curious to know hey what's going on how's training going so where's the next match you're playing and when is your next international they have so many questions to ask and that uh, really uh, makes me feel nice because that shows they care they're so supportive they really want to cheer for me all the way even uh, when school got over and i moved to college i had this uh, kind of fear at the back of my head that you know it's a new environment a completely new set of people and what will be their perspective with respect to sports but every but everywhere i have gone be it school to college college to work or uh, any new uh, group of people or any new community or any new arena like be it play and shine or un everyone has always been so encouraging and so supportive because they really love the fact that uh, after all this while after 13 years and given the fact that now you know ca is done and work is going on i'm still holding on to the fact that yeah i'm passionate about shooting and i'm not going to give up and i'm going to you know come back and do this sport so people are really supportive and i think that's one thing uh, i would really like to tell any girl uh, listening to this podcast today that you know uh, get that fear out of your head ki log kya kahenge or people won't support people are supportive you should just come out and uh, just be yourself and go after your goals the ones who really care for you have some concern for you will really support you all the way and the ones who don't are really not worth it so you know you shouldn't really bother thinking about them that's that's a golden advice i can give yeah true true so uh, was there any one one particular incident or moment where you decided that i have to start play and shine foundation and uh, how did you begin with the organization uh, so when i was in school i was uh, i was involved with child rights and youth legacy mission even in college i was involved with the uh, women development cell so once a uh, ca like i was in the last leg of my ca course in 2018 and uh, after ca i knew i was going to have some time in hand now that i don't have a rigorous uh, academic regime to follow so i did want to go back to the social work uh, arena and i didn't know how i didn't know you know what cause i should be working for 
and then shooting was there so then i just thought if i could do something and you know uh, bring my passion for sport and love for social work together in a way to you know give back to the community and that's how the idea of play and shine came in my mind and secondly being around in the sports arena for 12 years i had seen that uh, though there were a lot of uh, organizations that were coming out uh, for monetary and other support for athletes who are mm-hmm. you know playing world cups and olympics there was nothing much happening at a grassroots level there were there are just a handful of organizations actually working to you know improve the situation at a grassroots level which is very important because uh, once athletes once athletes are uh, you know national medalists or international medalists they were getting that kind of support that they need through these established organizations but a lot of uh, school going children didn't have basic exposure to sport they don't know what sports is some girls have never stepped on a sports field or you know a boxing ring or a badminton court and i really want that to change because uh, if we are talking about things like you know uh, becoming the number one nation at the olympics and competing with other countries like usa and china it's it's not going to work if we are going to only work at a, you know try to improve the situation at a top level we, we have to start from the very bottom we have to start at a grassroots level and we we have to make sure that no talent goes waste or no talent is drained out or you know not recognized so i felt that you know this is one issue i wanted to address and that's how the entire concept of play and shine came up and we decided that come what may we'll work at a grassroots level try to reach out as many children as we can as many other individuals and women who really want to take up sport but do not have access to the right resources and that is what we are working for today great wow okay so uh, what were the challenges you faced while establishing the foundation Uh, so yeah starting something from scratch uh, has a lot of challenges because uh, you don't know from where to start who to approach and again uh, there are not a lot of sports ngos out there there's literally a handful of them so even when we uh, build up the entire uh, you know model of how this uh, play and shine is going to work how the what uh, issues the organization will be addressing what programs it will be launching and how the enti- how it will be entirely structured when we started pitching it to people Uh, it was very difficult for them to even understand the concept of what a sports ngo does so i think that was the biggest challenge of you know really trying to make them understand of you know who are we and what we do even when we started getting volunteers on board uh, like you know school and college children they are so used to working with ngos who are working with respect to women empowerment or child education or handicap so when the entire sports ngo uh, you know picture comes into play we had to you know really explain to them that you know this is a niche domain of sports mentorship sports literacy why it is important what we exactly do so that that was the initial challenge of you know setting up and convincing people what this idea really is and why it is important but uh, yeah as we we started doing it within 6 to 7 months you know uh, people really started acknowledging our efforts and now it's it's much easier now you know we have a good team we have a good uh, well established websites and we have a lot of work to showcase and now it's much more easier to you know make people understand what we are really here to do Mm-hmm. so uh, are there any situations where um, there was um, probably to the people you were pitching any situation where they did not take you seriously because you were a woman and uh, maybe somebody some male member uh, of your core team was taken more seriously and uh, how did you deal with that uh no uh, re- there was no situation uh, as such very luckily where uh, you know they didn't take my word seriously or they considered any uh, male counterparts word more seriously but yeah a lot of questions that come across that you know why are you still doing this what keeps you still hooked on to sport i mean 
you mm-hmm. you are 25 now so you know you you'll get married soon and then uske baad sports kaise hoga so there are this weird set of questions that i had to you know really face why start an ngo why again start something sports specific and you know what will you get out of it and how will you give back to the community because uh, like i said it's very tough to pitch an idea for sports ngo they they said i should settle for something uh, easier like child education or something of that sort which is easier to you know uh, pitch to even investors or other fundraisers so basically my work will be easier or my life will be easier but i i was so uh, determined to stick to the fact that no i mean our core concept will be sports but it it will be sports though it won't be limited to sports sports mm-hmm. has to be at the niche of everything i was so sure about this and uh, that was that was something a few people didn't quite understand because they they felt that you know sports is something you're supposed to do in school and college once you grow up you know it's it's not something that you should give so much of importance to so that is something that didn't quite go down well with me but uh, yeah I, as i say any time uh, some person comes to me with questions like these i'm more than happy to answer them because these issues need to be addressed we need to you know be more vocal about all this right right true and also congratulations you have been like qualified for the uh, tokyo 2020 indian trials right so and now that we have been hit with covid uh, how is life for you and you know how do you see things right now in like shoot on the shooting arena as well as uh, as a chartered accountant so yeah none of us saw covid coming in fact uh, i had a completely different uh, set of plans for 2020 with respect to the academic front the the work front and ngo and uh, shooting and everything and then covid came in and you know everything went for a toss but uh, at no point of time uh, did i feel that like, you know i should just sit hand over hand and you know be like this too shall pass or i'll wait for this to pass i knew i have to figure a way out of this so uh, i mean that that didn't quite stop me of course uh, i'm not saying i wasn't affected or it didn't impact me in any way it's affected everyone and it did affect me also i was uh, actively looking for a job switch and that got delayed by a few months i haven't uh, been on the shooting range for almost 8 months now like last i i trained was in the month of february and now i'm just waiting that you know uh, we really get the permission to go back and train Uh, mm-hmm. with respect to uh, the play and shine foundations work also a lot of on ground activities that we had lined up in the coming months got uh, cancelled though now we've started scheduling them gradually uh, it's been more of virtual and virtual volunteering is very challenging in itself and with respect to other career aspects also everything has got delayed but uh, there's you you have to figure a way out of it you cannot just sit hand in hand and be that you know uh, i'll wait for this thing to pass because Uh, I think it's quite clear now. COVID is not going anywhere for soon, and we have to learn to live with live with it. And I think this is the new normal. So let's just figure our way out of it. Yeah, yeah, true. So, like, where do you see yourself in five years, and what's your ultimate life goal? Okay, so that's a very tricky question. I do have some uh, definite, tangible goals uh, written down in my uh, diary that you know. i want to take off over the next one three five years but uh, yeah like uh, uh, not quoting the definite goals because i'd like that to be a secret uh, i definitely want to study further i want i would want to pursue my masters i want to get back to sports i want to get back to competing at an international level uh, play and shine has been doing great this year we just started off programs with the tata group teach for india ubiit bombay so i really want to level that up i'm going to reach out to more people we just started a program through which we will prospectively be reaching out to 1 million individuals by the end of 2022 so i really want to make that a reality so 
these these are the few uh, things that i've lined up that i'm going to accomplish over the next 3 to 5 years wow wow okay so we have a short rapid fire round okay. so uh, i'll ask you like very basic funny stupid questions okay. so <laughs> let's get started so what's the color of your toothbrush it's purple <laughs> okay so apart from shooting uh, what's your favorite sport badminton badminton okay and uh, what's your um, favorite food i love non veg so anything that is <laughs> food i will eat it <laughs> okay so what's your favorite joke Oh, joke i i i can't really quote a particular joke <laughs> but yeah i am someone who's very witty and even in the most toughest situations i love cracking jokes and i like i love laughing at my own jokes you can judge me for it but that is how i am <laughs> okay so uh what's your favorite word that you just use anywhere without context might not make any sense i uh, a lot of friends have told me that i use the word uh, crazy like crazily <laughs> so anything happens i'm like are you crazy yeah i'm crazy okay this is crazy okay this is crazy we should do this and uh, yeah i do end up using the word crazy a lot okay so if you could be an animal for a day which animal would you be and why i love dogs so i really don't mean my mind being a dog because you know that that's one kind of animal that they love unconditionally and they are so happy go lucky So I would have to be a dog for a day. Okay. So if you could trade lives with anyone for a day, who would it be and why? If I could trade lives with anyone for a day, okay, that's that's a tough question. <laughs> I really don't have a solid answer as of now, but uh, yeah, I mean, okay, that's that's you really got me <laughs> at that question. I could trade lives with. If I can just go back in time and uh, you know be the fourteen or fifteen year old me because. I used to sleep 10 or 12 hours a day so if I can really get back to that life even for a week's time I would really sign up for it. Okay so do you like to dance? Oh I love to dance. Uh, I uh, used to uh, be into classical singing and dancing when I was a kid of course before shooting started and uh, yeah I do like I have lost the entire grace and aura of classical dancing now mm-hmm. but uh, if given a chance I I like to shake a leg on some bollywood song or the other. So uh, do you think you look funny or you look good while dancing? I I don't know. I, I don't think that's my to judge but I think I look good because my friends dance worse than me. So I think I'm good. Okay, so uh what do you find annoying in people? Mm, annoying in people. I am someone who is uh, very uh, punctual and on time. So I mean if someone gives a particular uh, time commitment that okay fine I'll, i'll call you at 11 or i'll be there at 11 uh, in the professional context and that person doesn't keep the word i think that is that is something that annoys me of course on a personal level friends keep cancelling plans and that gets postponed and when i do that a lot of times so that's that's totally forgivable okay so on a scale of 1 to 10 do you think you are cool and like how would you rate yourself Yeah, I, I think I'm cool because uh, a lot of my friends have told me that time and again that I'm, I'm pretty chill. I don't easily get mad about things, and I, I'm pretty I'm pretty chill to be around with. You can just be yourself around me, even if you just met me, and we we can crack a joke or just talk about any topic. So that's how I am in general. So you would rate yourself a nine or a ten? Yeah, I can I can give myself a ten on ten. Nothing stopping me. <laughs> okay. So what's your favorite store to shop clothes? 
oh i hate shopping i absolutely hate <laughs> shopping so yeah that's uh, i know a lot of people tell me or a girl how can you hate shopping but I absolutely hate shopping and when i have to absolutely do it i just take my mom along and it'll be as quick as enter the store pick two three things up try it out if absolutely needed and leave <laughs> it's, it's not more than 15 minutes i don't have an online shopping account on any of the portals so i'm not excited wow. when okay. these diwali sales coming up so yeah that that's how i am uh your favorite uh, sitcom or web series oh so i uh, just finished watching the scam 1992 and i absolutely loved it because number one it had a lot to do with the financial markets which is something i've been studying for for years and i'd even uh, read a lot about the harshad mehta case and i absolutely loved the web series because uh, number one uh, they portrayed the story so well much beyond the scam they really brought brought out the humanitarian values of uh, the protagonist and secondly after so long i got to see a web series that was that wasn't being carried off by an item number or some nudity or sex scene so that is something i absolutely loved great great yeah so what was your favorite cartoon uh, growing up oh i loved tom and jerry i even loved scooby doo but i think it was more of tom and jerry i watched a lot of cartoons as a kid there was tom and jerry swat cats oswald but tom and jerry is like my all time favorite Okay, so uh, final question. Do you uh, are you a Tom person or a Jerry person? Mm, I'm more of a Jerry person. I uh, <laughs> on the outside when you meet me, you can't really tell, but I'm really mischievous and I keep doing these little pranks and uh, I like landing people in trouble, like my friends in trouble. So I'm more of a Jerry person. So do you feel sad for Tom that he gets tricked all the time? No, I mean it's it's fun. Like Tom just gets tricked, but uh, at times when Tom Tom has been in trouble, Jerry has come to uh, save him. You know, Jerry has been a savior. So I think they share this beautiful love hate relationship, which is why I really love that series. So I mean, whatever they do, it's like a fun, uh, you know, uh, run and chase game that they have, which is very important, <laughs> which is very beautiful. So you have a pet parrot. So yeah. uh, what's its name? So uh, it's it's actually not really a pet parrot. Uh, when I was in the ninth grade, uh, we we found him. We have a terrace, and uh, I think it just fell off the nest. So I don't know how uh, it was injured, and the crows were killing it. So we we got him home, and uh, he just flies all around the place, which is why I really have no control over him flying in right now and you know screeching at the top of his voice. So I I, I named him Mitu, and he's. he's he's a pretty cool guy to have around he he has the control of his own life he he flies wherever he wants he'll fly out he'll come back he if i'm eating something he'll come sit next to me and he'll munch on to that he's pretty chill uh, okay so yeah that's it with the rapid fire uh, so before we end the podcast uh, one final question so what message would you like to send out to any girl who is planning to take an unexplored path So I think uh, that'll be one message that even I could, you know, give myself. I could go ten years uh, back in line. That you know, just believe in yourself. Uh, at times, uh, you will have to, you know, uh, challenge yourself or take decisions that you feel uh, you are not competent enough to live up to, or you may feel that you know the going seems tough. It's impossible to, you know, pursue a particular uh, trajectory or a particular path. But just believe in yourself and go out of it and the greatest success really lies out of your comfort zone zone so if you get any opportunity where uh, which is challenging enough to really push you out of your comfort zone do it like never say no to that opportunity and go after it because the greatest learning lies out of your comfort zone and it's it's really worth 
the success there is there is light at the end of the tunnel even if it seems impossible uh, believe in yourself if even in at that point of time uh, you are you are your own cheerleader and there's nobody else to be there for you be there for yourself and just tell yourself that yeah you can do this so that's that's one advice i will give to any girl who's planning to pursue an unexplored path mm. yeah so thank you priyal i mean you have been an inspiration to me and i do wish to take up a path in uh, you know in the field of sports in the future and i'm quite sure uh, you would have been an inspiration to thousands of girls out there because i mean you have been doing well in sports and academics and ca is not an easy exam to crack so thank you very much for inspiring us today it was wonderful having you here with us so yes our um, our club is very grateful for uh, your participation in our campaign Yeah. So thank yeah. you so much for having me like as the debut person for the podcast and I'm eagerly waiting uh, for this podcast to release and for other podcasts that will follow uh, after my episode so yeah good luck and you guys are doing a great job because you know we really uh, need more girls and more women coming out and standing up for each other and really voicing our opinions that you know we we deserve more we deserve basic equality we're not really asking for something much we're just asking for a level playing field and i think given the fact that we are in 2020 it's really nothing too much